What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Red Zone Radio. I am Robert Wampler. It is great to be here. Great to have you. Just remember to listen to Red Zone Radio. I hear radio apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the official Red Zone Radio website. All right, so we got some big news. Cam Newton released from the Patriots. J.K. Dobbins injury. Some more quarterback news coming out of San Francisco. Uh, Elaine Thompson, hurrah, broke Shelly and Fraser Price is uh, meet record. Got a lot to get to, but let's start off with uh, the Cam Newton news. So Cam Newton is released from Patriots, which obviously tells you Mac Jones will be the starter week one. So one quarterback battle uh, is solved. We know it's going to be starting for the Patriots. Cam Newton is released. So let's first talk about this from Cam Newton's angle. So uh, I now as far as, look, as far as, him getting another shot in the NFL goes. People are kind of saying, I don't know if I ever get a shot. I don't necessarily know if that's true. There's a lot of QBs who are, there are a lot of teams who are looking for a QB, at least temporarily. Like, for instance, let's say that this Deshaun Watson news is true about the Dolphins and the Deshaun Watson trade. Well, uh, if the Dolphins trade Tua and, and a bunch of first round picks to the Texans and the Texans, uh, you know, send Deshaun Watson toward the Dolphins, we don't know what's going to happen to Sean Watson. We don't know how long they're going to be without a quarterback. Cam Newton would be a perfect situation there. Uh, I think Cam Newton would work perfectly in Dallas. I think Dallas would be a good fit for him, especially because we don't know what Dak Prescott's situation is. Uh, But anyway, I I, I think he will get another shot. Now, I don't know. He'll probably never return to what we saw in 2015. I think he's out of his prime now. I think in 2015, it kind of was the perfect situation. Everything fell perfectly in place. But nonetheless, I think he'll get another shot. Now, looking at this from the perspective of the Patriots, I'm kind of surprised by this. I'm not saying if you were going to go with Mac Jones, I'm not saying it doesn't make sense because if you're going to go with Mac Jones, it probably makes sense. It'd be nice to have Cam Newton as your backup. But at the same time, if you think it's going to be hard for him to sit there on the sideline, if you think that's going to be a pressure on Mac Jones, because what I notice, what you see a lot of, what you see a lot of teams do, at least the, the better teams, the better coaches with the better cultures, when they get a rookie quarterback, they try to take as much pressure off them as possible. And I think if you're Mac Jones, you're starting week one and you struggle and you don't have Cam Newton, you know, peeking, you're not, you're not peeking over his shoulder, at Cam Newton, it's going to make you be able to adjust the system a lot better. And obviously, Bill Belichick understands that. Um, I mean, Mac Jones has a lot has a lot to ride on here. Now, here's here's what's good about here's what's good about Mac Jones' situation is that technically, as far as the Patriots are looking at this right now, he is the long term replacement for Tom Brady. Okay, and it's hard to replace a legend. But you had a gap in between. You had a year in between where you got to you know Cam Newton kind of got to take all the all the you know the heat. He got to take all the pressure, and now you're in. So they're not looking at you based off what Tom Brady did, or at least most people aren't. They're looking at you based off what Cam Newton did. So that's the good news for Mac Jones. Now, I am a little surprised that with Mac Jones or Cam Newton. Not that I didn't think it was possible, but I, I did think there was a level of, you know, Bill Belichick playing a rookie quarterback compared to the vet, the veteran quarterback, the one that played in his system the year prior. Uh, I thought that made sense, but clearly... You know, I talked about this a couple weeks ago. The fit just wasn't meant to be between Cam Newton and the New England Patriots organization. Uh, I, I think, you know, Bill Belichick is used to Tom Brady, who is very, he's going to be very, you know, much like a politician off at the podium, very businesslike, you know, not you, you're not worried about what he's going to say at the podium. You're not worried about any of that. And nothing gets Cam Newton. I'm not saying it's better or it's worse, but Cam Newton is a little more loose. 
He's going to say what's on his mind. He's not going to shy away from reporters. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I don't necessarily know if that fits into the system of Bill Belichick in New England. I think it fits better, you know, in Carolina fit. And maybe on this next team he goes to, it will fit. But I think when you are looking at what Bill Belichick was, was used to, was Tom Brady. And if you remember, when Tom Brady and Bill Belichick started having issues, it was when... Tom Brady started ad-libbing a little bit. It was when Tom Brady started making up some of the plays. Bill Belichick, as great of a coach as he is, I am still of the belief that he lets his ego get in his way a little bit. And when Tom Brady started calling plays, now obviously towards the end it was it was getting only between those two, but when Tom Brady started calling plays, that is when it all that 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 is when it all kind of uh, went downhill for each of them. That is when you started hearing Bill Belichick saying, I want Jimmy Garoppolo in. That's when you started hearing reports about stuff going on behind the scenes. That's when you started seeing Tom Brady saying lots more respect. And that's really uh, when it started to go downhill, right? So, Cam Newton came in, and he ad-libs, and he, you know, is, is going to run outside the pocket and make throws that aren't necessarily, uh, that he's not necessarily being told to make. And the reality is there are systems where that fits in the NFL, and there are systems where that doesn't fit. And so, who are you going to replace if you're New England? Who are you going to cut? The legendary, six-time Super Bowl-winning head coach in Bill Belichick, or Cam Newton, who didn't play a full season for the organization? I think it makes too too much sense uh, to stick with Bill Belichick. Now, I'm surprised that they cut him. I didn't necessarily think that they would cut him. I didn't necessarily think that, they, that they'd start Mac Jones over him. But, um, you know, clearly they like what they see in Mac Jones. And what this really tells you is, when you're looking at the Patriots, when you're looking at Bill Belichick, what this really tells you is, is that they are trying to get back to the mold of Tom Brady. They're trying to get back to the mold. Bill Belichick's not interested in quarterbacks that have a dynamic athletic component. He's not interested in the Lamar Jacksons and the Kyler Murrays in the world. He's saying, I won six Super Bowls with Tom Brady. Let me try to get back to that mold, get back to that blueprint, and we'll see what happens. And, you know, it's not a terrible way to go about it because they did win six Super Bowls. Obviously, Mac Jones isn't Tom Brady. Um, but, you know, they won with Mac Jones. Clearly, they think they can win with them, and we'll have to see how their season goes. All right, let's talk about the Ravens' J.K. Dobbins. So, J.K. Dobbins gets hurt, and, you know, that's that's a decent loss. I mean, he's a great back, very underrated, got home run hitting speed, can, you know, juke people out, can catch the ball, great after the catch, can block, all that. But he gets out, and he's out for the season week one in a preseason game. And, uh, you know, it's it really sucks for the Patriots because they are a team, I'm sorry, not the Patriots, for the Ravens. Because they are a team that their ceiling may just be the Super Bowl. If everything's clicking and a few things go their way, this team has enough depth and enough talent to be in the Super Bowl. Here's the thing. When you look at this team and you look at their ceiling, I do believe their ceiling is a Super Bowl. Now, if they hit it, that's another thing. Their ceiling's at least deep in the playoffs. Now, if they hit their ceiling, that's another thing. And I'm not going to say that this means that this lowers their ceiling for the season and this means that they won't be able to make a Super Bowl if they if they reach their full potential. But here's what I will say. 
it's not necessarily that you can't do it because you do have Gus Edwards, but it's going to make it a lot harder. I mean, this is going to be a big obstacle already in your way and you haven't even stepped on the field yet. The versatility of the read option has been Lamar Jackson's bread and butter the last few years. That's been his go-to. And when that happens and when you lose a back like J.K. Dobbins, nothing against Gus Edwards. He's a good back, but he's not quite J.K. Dobbins. So we'll have to see how that works. We'll have to see if they stand up the system, especially now because the Browns added more pressure on Lamar Jackson by adding Jadevin Clowney. So their defense is better, more pressure, more rush. And when you don't have a back like J.K. Dobbins with the threat of handing the ball off to, it's going to be hard. So we're going to have to see how the Ravens go about it. All right, let's go to the Bears. So I just said one of the QB battles is uh, set. Owen Mac Jones will be the starter week one. We still have a couple more QB battles going on. So let's go to uh, the Bears because I haven't talked a whole lot about them. The Bears are in the midst of a QB battle. And it's not necessarily a QB battle as much as a when are you going to start Justin Fields battle. But this is what I will say. Why start Justin Fields week one to week two? When you look at their schedule, they got a bunch of tough defense. They put the 49ers and the, and the Buccaneers. And, and people are like, well, you can't hide Justin Fields from everybody. I'm not suggesting you hide him from everybody. But you play two of the top pass rushes the first two weeks of the season. Justin Fields has never played in a regulation NFL game. Why not say, you know, sit on the bench, learn from Andy Dalton, uh, let me let me ask you this question, I guess. What is the benefit of playing Justin Fields? And you say, well, I guess that, well, maybe they win the game because Justin Fields. Even if you win those two games, is it worth being the hell of your future franchise quarterback? I don't think it is. I don't see why you're going to have him go up against Aaron Donald and Jadevin Clowney and Miles Garrett. And, and, you, and, and I'm not suggesting keep the training wheels on forever. I'm saying... Let the first two weeks go by. See what happens with Andy Dawn as your starter. Then put him in week three. Then you start playing t- towards that part of the season. You're playing teams like the Raiders. And you're playing teams like the Packers. Who have virtually no pass rush. Put him in then. And then if you get to week seven. And you face the pass rush of the Buccaneers. Then it's like okay let's see what he can do. Because he's played a few games. He's gotten his feet wet. But I just don't see the benefit. I wouldn't play in week one. I want to play in week two. That's just my opinion on it. All right, let's go to uh, the 49ers quarterback battle. Um, by the way, so I made, I made my predictions for the NFC West last week. When you look at that conference, or I'm sorry, that division, notice how every single team, the Rams, the 49ers, and the Seahawks have made noise this offseason. You know, there's been drama. We don't know who's going to start QB for the 49ers. Russell Wilson is unhappy with the Seahawks. Injuries with the Rams. Jared Goff. Matthew Stafford. The Cardinals are quiet. They are they are just sneaking. They are just laying down in the weeds right now, disguising themselves. They are not going to make any drama, make any noise. They're on their third year with Kyler Murray. Cliff Kingsbury's on his third year with the Arizona Cardinals. He's got to start winning games. No drama. No, no problems. Nothing bad going on there. Though that's going to be a sneaky good team this year. Sneaky good team. But let's get to the 49ers. So the 49ers still apparently don't know where they're going to start. I thought for sure it would be Jimmy Garoppolo. Apparently, 
They still don't know. They're going to try to taste some Hill Drew Brees-like package, which I think is a mistake. And listen, I'm going to say the same thing I said about Justin Fields, except I think it's even more different because I don't think Trey Lance is ready to play like Justin Fields is. And not to mention, you have a more capable starter in Jimmy Garoppolo than the Bears have in Andy Dalton. Why are you rushing Trey Lance out of the field? He's got a high ceiling, huge arm, super mobile, and I get it. Why not let him learn a little bit? Sit behind uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, wait till he gets hurt, which he will get hurt most likely because he's got hurt the past few years, and then put him in. Why are you rushing Jimmy Garoppolo out so fast? You got a good thing going with him. You have, in my opinion, Kyle Shanahan has the perfect situation. He can he can handle this a couple ways, but th- and this is the way I would handle it. I would play Jimmy Garoppolo until he either got hurt, okay? Because here's, what, here's what's going to happen. It, we know Jimmy Garoppolo is a capable starter and can win you games. He'll win you games if he's healthy. Okay, then it's winning you games. There's no problem. Let Trey Lance sit on the bench and learn. Um, If he's not winning you games and he's struggling, you put in Trey Lance. If he's winning you games and then he gets hurt, put in Trey Lance. But why rush putting in Trey Lance? Why not let Trey Lance learn Why you let Jimmy Garoppolo win you games? You can get the most use... You, you can kind of get a win-win there. Trey Lance is sitting lying on the bench for when he comes in. Jimmy Garoppolo is giving you wins. So you're not risking hurting Trey Lance before he even gets up to his full potential. I think it makes sense. Uh, but, uh, you know, Kyle Shane has to see it that way. So, I mean, we're going to have to see what happens there. But I just don't know. I, I don't quite get the the whole, you know, mystery behind the whole thing. Why not just say you're going to start? He knows who he's going to start, whether it be Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance. I don't know why the whole mystery. All right, uh, Elaine Thompson Hurrah broke Shelly and Fraser's meet record the other day. I got to, Elaine Thompson Hurrah. It's going to, you know, Shelly and Fraser Price is regarded as one of the best sprinters of all time, rightfully so. Um, Elaine Thompson Hurrah is going to go down as potentially the same boat of women sprinting. Uh, she is running blazing times. Wins after wins in the hundred and the two hundred. I mean, it's insane. She's insanely fast, fastest woman alive right now. Um, I mean, it is. Here's the thing. I always talk about this. It's hard to get go in depth with track because the because what I like about track and I, and Amy and Alatro talked about this a month ago on all the smoke podcasts is that it's hard to talk about. It's that is that it's it's clear cut math. You know, whoever this fastest time is better runner. It's not opinion based. The flip side of that for me is, as a person that's doing a sports podcast, an opinion-based sports podcast, there's not a whole lot I can talk about. But I can tell you with confidence that Lane Thompson, hurrah, is the fastest woman in the world right now. Uh, you know, seeing sprint, I love watching sprint. You know, I saw, and it's nothing against, you know, I saw a take, I can't remember who it was, and it's nothing against this person. Um, I, I think they're good at what they do. But I did not agree with this take at all. They said that, Track runners are failed football and basketball players, and that's not true at all. Um, we saw what happened when DK Metcalf went up against them. DK Metcalf did a good job for being a football player. There's a different kind of speed. They are they are the fastest people in the world. Okay, no football player, no basketball player. I don't care what basketball player. Stephen Curry, LeBron James. I don't care who. DK Metcalf. They got smoked, and those weren't those people were fast, but those weren't even the final Olympians that DK Metcalf was racing against. I'm not saying DK Metcalf isn't fast; he's super fast. I'm just saying to say that they're failed football and basketball players is an insult to them. They are not. They are 
they are the fastest people in the world. And that sport requires a different level of speed than you see in the NFL, NBA, and MLB. Uh, the, it is just a, it is incredible. You know, those are some of the best athletes in the world. And uh, hats off to Lane Thompson and Rob. All right, well, that is going to wrap it up for this episode of Red Zone Radio. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Have a great day. We are, oh, that is right. Uh, before I go, we are two days away from the Ohio State game. Uh, you know, there are some other teams playing, but I would probably say Ohio State's probably the biggest team playing on Thursday. Saturday, we finally get, you know, we get some good games on Saturday. We get Alabama, Miami. That should be a good one. Uh, we can, of course, Georgia and Clemson at night. We get, you know, big schools coming back for week one, Penn State and Wisconsin week one. I will be making my predictions, but since we're only two days out from Thursday's games, I'm going to have a prediction. I'm going to say Ohio State beats Minnesota, but watch. That game has potential because you have C.J. Stroud in his first game. You have a tough, you know, you know, you have a tough Minnesota environment, blackout jerseys. Um, it should be interesting. I think Ohio State wins the game, but I think it's going to be closer than people think. Okay, so that is going to wrap it up for this episode of Red Zone Radio. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day, and I'll see you next time on Red Zone Radio.